ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. So this episode is part three in our Respectable Sins Bible study. If you are just now jumping in and you're like, what's that? Um, we have kind of decided from a lot of input from a lot of ladies that one episode a month this year through the podcast, we are kind of doing a deep dive Bible study. And I am using the book Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges kind of as my launch pad. Um, this is not like a book club. You don't don't have to read the book to follow along. Um, I would suggest reading the book as you follow along. One, I love books. Two, um, it, it was just it was a great study for me personally. And if you want to listen to this episode as more of an in-depth Bible study, um, I would highly encourage you getting that book and reading along and really getting into the scriptures yourself. That's what I have done in this presentation of kind of how God has worked in my life. I read the book, I studied, I highlighted from there. It led me to kind of my own independent Bible study with just me in the Bible. And then this is kind of the outflow of all of that that God is doing in my life. So if you just want to listen to this episode, you will glean from it, Lord willing, as I follow the Holy Spirit's guidance. Um, but if you want to take it deeper than that, feel free, get the book, follow along. Long. Um, down in the show notes, I will have a blog linked where you can follow that over and see where exactly I'm at in the book, um, some different things like that. So I hope that this has been an encouraging study. The first episode really just laid a framework for the study, for sin, for the sinfulness of sin, for um, the devastation that sin brings, and then for the remedy that Christ offers as our Savior. Um, then in part two, we talked about the sin of ungodliness. Now in this episode, we're going to kind of talk about, it's kind of three linked in one, the sins of anxiety, frustration, and worry. Now, before I get too far into this, when we talk about anxiety, we're not talking kind of like a clinical, um, like like mental health issue anxiety. Um, that that's not we're not getting into that realm in that you know. So if if that's something that you struggle with or need like professional help for, um, clinically or medically, um, that's not really the area that we're touching, and we're just talking about more the the word anxiety defined and what that does more emotionally in our hearts as believers. So just wanted to kind of clarify that as we jump into this. Also, I said in our hearts as believers. So this is really coming from the assumption that you have understood that you are a sinner, that your sins separated you from God, that a payment needed to be required for your sin, and that that payment was made when Jesus Christ died on the cross, and that you have asked him to forgive you from that sin and have accepted him as your Savior, that you are a saved Christian, that you are a believer in Christ, that you are a follower of him. Um, if you have not made that profession of faith, if you are not saved, I would love to speak with you, find somebody in your church or whoever, um, that can help walk you through, um, the gospel. 
But I just wanted to kind of, again, lay that foundation as we jump into this. I am speaking as though I am speaking to believers. Um, so wanted to clarify that there. But I think we're just going to jump right into this. So I've gotten a lot of good feedback from you guys. And this is my favorite message to get when it comes to the Respectable, Bi- the respectable Sins Bible Study. The Respectable Sin Study has been great. I don't know if encouraging is the right word, but if something can be encouraging and convicting at the same time, I'm loving the Bible study. <laughs> so I've gotten several messages that might not say like quite like that, but almost exactly like that. And I'm like, yes, that is what I have been praying that this study will accomplish in your heart because it's what it accomplished in my heart. Yes, it was encouraging. Yes, I loved the book, but I was convicted over and over and over and you will hear so much of that in that ungodliness episode I walked into that thinking oh I get a free pass this isn't a problem in my life and I came out like I am so ungodly oh my word um so here we jump into anxiety and frustration and as that kind of branches out into worry you know so through life through the Christian life Difficulty comes. It's just a part of living in a sin-cursed world. But, you know, there's a difference between just kind of regular difficulty. Difficulty just happens in the ordinary responsibilities of life, inconveniences, um, things that don't quite go according to plan. You kind of have to rework your schedule, rework things, um, just kind of these just random occurrences of life redirecting what your perfect plan was you know but then there's kind of another level that's beyond just difficulty beyond things that we just kind of got to work through and get over and move on and and that really comes in with pain and grief and sorrow and really these storms of life so these are like extraordinary events things that are really out of the norm you know you life's fine life's good and all of a sudden there's a car wreck all of a sudden you get a devastating medical diagnosis. Um, we've had things in our life. We've had, you know, I've shared before on different episodes, sudden death of my brother. That was an out of the blue thing that we would never have expected. Um, you know, we had my mom walking out on our family and the, the pain that ensued from that. And we had our miscarriage, you know, right in the joy of finding out about a new baby, a new life, and all the hopes and dreams that we had, all of the sudden, all of that was thrown to a halt as grief took over. And it's in so many of, of those life circumstances, those things that just stop you in your tracks and leave you not being able to remember how to breathe even sometimes, that anxiety and frustration and worry love to take deep root in your heart. Um, and, and I've had to personally work through these things in my life. So some of this is just going to be a testimony of my own lack and God's grace growing me in these areas. But you know, in, in whatever circumstance that life brings, we can always trust in God. And I know on the sunshine days, it's, yeah, trust in God. Of course, we're supposed to, you know, trust in him, lean not into our own understandings. Yeah, okay. But it's really in those points of the darkest trial, the deepest sorrow, you have to remind yourself, I am going to trust in God. I can trust in God. He has promised that. And 
you know, in those dark times, that is not the moment to try to fill your heart with these promises of trust God. I don't have to give in to the anxiety and the frustration and the worry because I have these promises anchored in my heart. I know these to be true about God. That's not the time to be trying to stockpile your promises, I guess, for lack of a better phrase coming to mind. You need to do that in the easy days, in the good days. And so often we neglect that in our lives just because they are easy, they are good. And so it's easy to be distracted by everything else because I'm not in desperate need of that promise. I'm not in desperate need of God's word. And we're always in desperate need of God's word. You know, I think even that statement goes back to ungodliness. If we ever think we're not in desperate need of God's word, there's some ungodliness rooted in our heart. But but you know what I mean. In those good times, we tend to not feel like if I don't glean something from his word, I literally will not live through this day. Um, it's usually in those hard times where all of a sudden we're hitting, we're hit with this panic mode and it's like, God, I've got to have something for you to just even survive. But we've got to be laying up this truth in our heart in the good times. Um, but I just want to share a couple scriptures with you as we kind of talk about this topic. So this is a little bit of a lengthy passage, but just bear with me as I read through this. So Matthew 6, 25 through 34 says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I want to switch over to Matthew 10, verse 31. It says, Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. You know, there's that passage, I believe it's in Matthew, where God talks about, he talked about the lilies of the field in that previous passage, but he talks about the sparrows and how he takes care of them. They wake up singing their merry tune, not worrying about, you know, am I going to find a worm to feed to my babies? What if they starve? What if we go hungry? What if a storm comes and knocks our nest out of the tree? Like if, if they lived in that state, they would not be able to produce the song that they do every day. But no, they simply know my maker, he takes care of me. He provides what I need. He knows my days and he's under control. If God can take care of the sparrow, he can take care of us, friend. Luke 12, 7 says, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. You know, as we talk about anxiety, um, the author, Jerry Bridges, gives a really good definition in his book. He says, the opposite of trusting God is either anxiety or frustration. So when we are not trusting in God, 
we usually are going to be pretty anxious or frustrated because we're relying on something that cannot fix the things that we need taken care of. And the author goes on to say, So when I give way to anxiety, I am, in effect, believing that God does not care for me and that he will not take care of me in the particular circumstance that triggers my anxiety of the moment. And, you know, there again, it's not that I feel like we say, oh, God, I'm not going to trust you. Um, It's not like we do that, like, I'm going to choose my anxiety over you. We don't quite think through it that way. But when we allow anxiety to creep into our hearts in these circumstances, instead of turning and rooting ourselves in the truth that we know from God's word, that's when we are allowing a respectable sin into our heart. And, you know, I think oftentimes we justify, you know, I'm thinking some of the things that that I've had to walk through, like, it's almost kind of like I have this mental discourse with myself where, you know, I'm allowed to spiral right now, okay? I'm allowed to question. I'm allowed to doubt. I'm allowed to ask why because look what you have allowed to happen but that that is totally the wrong perspective and and I've done that and I've been there and I haven't really felt better from that from that but it's been the times where I've just said God open hands my hands are open I don't know why you ripped this out of them I don't know why you why you took my baby. I don't know why our home is broken. I don't know why our my brother died so suddenly, so much life ahead of him. But when we just open palms, offer it back up to God and be like, You are all wise. You're all knowing. And I know from what I have instilled in my heart before this moment. Daniel talks about purposing in his heart. I've purposed in my heart. I know your ways are perfect. I know that your ways are higher than my way. I don't understand. And yes, that does not mean that I don't have emotions. That does not mean that I'm not hurting. That I don't wonder why. That I don't question. But I'm not going to yield into that anxiety. I'm not going to yield into the frustration of God. What are you doing? No, I'm going to bring all of those feelings, all of that emotion under the subjection of what I know to be true about God. And it's in that moment that I just have to start bringing to my mind, what is everything that I know to be true about my Savior? And as I do that, the power of God's word, the balm of the Holy Spirit, the the power that comes from the knowledge of God in Christ is infused into my soul and it is through that that I find the right perspective, that I find the strength, that I find the grace to somehow put one foot in front of the other, to dry my tears, to move forward, not the tears don't come later. I mean, here we are years out from some of these trials. They still bring tears. They still bring a catch to my breath. They still squeeze my heart. But God's been faithful. And I have not allowed the anxiety and the worry and the frustration to 
morph into other things. Sin always leads to more sin. Confusion and chaos always is compounded in our lives. It has not turned into bitterness. It has not returned into rejection. You know, I it's heartbreaking when I see Christians who trials have entered into their lives and they've allowed it to completely turn themselves from the Lord. And and I'm not saying that I've handled all my situations perfectly and I'm the role model to follow. I, I, not at all. I, I hope I'm not coming across that way um, because I have failed time and again. And it has been through my moments of failure that God has taught me how to have the victory. And this is a continual thing. You know, I am, I am not naive enough to think that my trials are over. I really, my life has held three devastating things. But I don't think that's all it's going to hold. You know, if God has more days for me, more life for me, more of my Christian road ahead, more of the journey to eternal glory, there will be more. And I am not standing here saying I've got all the lessons learned. I am ready for the next thing because I'm just going to subject those thoughts and trust in Christ. It's a battle. It is a battle. But I have seen through the different trials that I've, I've gained a little more victory. I've gained a little more ground. And I pray that as I continue to follow in God's word, that I, I will continue in that pattern of gaining more and more ground, of becoming more and more Christ-like in my responses, in my trust of him. And I think, I think that's where it all really boils down to here, especially in this, this anxiety thing. Because I do, I struggle with that, ladies. I struggle. I like when life goes smooth. I like when I can look at my calendar and my schedule and say, hey, for the next day, week, even years, I like to know this is the trajectory. This is where we're headed. This is how all the little ducks in a row are going to line. And I like those ducks to walk in a very straight line. But the longer I live, the more I realize ducks don't walk in a straight line. Uh, life doesn't go like I planned. And in my early 20s, this was a struggle because when it didn't go according to plan, I'm telling you, immediately anxiety would ensue. Um, to, to even like physical degrees, I wouldn't be able to eat well. I could not sleep. Um, just this is still something I struggle with. Even the other night, we got some news late at night that wasn't even bad news, but just wasn't completely lining up with the way I thought something was going to, the outcome was going to be. And I struggled all night. I could hardly sleep. And when I did sleep, I was dreaming about how I was going to solve this issue. It's, oh, it's a battle. Anyway, you know, these, I do struggle with anxiety. And it does, if, if we don't capture that, if we don't, like I said, immediately, as if we don't have the discernment, first of all, to see that in our hearts and in our minds. We need to pray and ask God and get in his word and give me the discernment to realize, whoa, 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 I'm, I'm spiraling. I'm allowing that anxiety to put itself on a throne above God in my heart and in my mind. And no, 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 no. I, I'm struggling with some feelings, Lord. These are emotions. These are concerns. But I want to subject that underneath you. You know, we need the discernment to do that. But, you know, also, I think it's important really just to have a heart of acceptance. And and that comes, again, as I, I remember the character of God, as I remember he is sufficient, he is sovereign, God's providence 
will have its way. His way, like I said, is higher than my way. So though this is a kink, though this it could be more than a kink, though this could bring utter devastation or utter hurt or utter grief to our family, God is in control. I, I will accept what he chooses for my life and I will try to find what it is that he has for me in that. I'll never forget, and I think I shared this on the episode Gifts Discovered in Grief where I talked about my brother passing away. Um, honestly, if you have not listened to my episode Grief, or Gifts Discovered in Grief and All Things for Our Good and this is something you struggle with, I would go back and listen to those two episodes. That shares more in depth about some of the trials that God has chosen for our family to walk through and really what he has taught me about himself through that. But the more that I come to understand the sovereignty of God, and, and I could spend a lifetime mining this one aspect of his character and never grasp everything. But I, I remember when we lost Clay, my brother, and I remember my dad praying, Lord, make this trial bigger than our hurt. Use this in our lives to, to change us, to teach us whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in this use it. May this not be the end. May this just be a beginning of an opportunity that you have given us to use this part of our story for your glory. And and I remember I remember kneeling at his casket, hearing my dad praying this, thinking, how can you even say that? But God just gave him the faith to say, and I, I don't even, he's He's probably listening to this and thinking, I didn't have the faith to back that at the time. But God gave him the discernment and the foresight to pray that prayer request. And that prayer has really forever shaped my future. As other hard things have come into my life, that's what I pray. God, make it bigger than my hurt. Show me how I can make this all that you want it to be. Raw example was our miscarriage. You know, that brought grief, that brought hurt, and I still think about that baby and wonder what life would have been like. But there's peace in acceptance. There is peace in understanding that God is sovereign. God had a plan. And in asking God to help me find all that he had for me, through that hurt God has given that baby's life so much purpose you know it and that baby all, all my baby will ever know is Jesus what more could I want for a child but that baby did not get to experience life on earth like my other children have that is of no loss to that child no loss whatsoever. That baby will never know pain. That baby will never know the struggles that we're talking about in this episode. But there's a part of me that lost the earthly experience of having that life. And in praying this, that God would help me not give way to the anxiety, not give way, this, that trial was frustrating. Why would you even give me this baby? It was a surprise baby. We had no intention of getting pregnant with that baby at the time that we did. And there was a time where I was like, why Why even give me that surprise to take it away? But I've asked God to help me on earth's side find all the purpose that that, that baby, that that part of my story can hold. And, I, and I'm still peeling back the layers of that. 
But God has allowed me to use that testimony in in the, in this podcast, in the lives of other moms that I love who have walked that same road. You know, I'm thinking about the friend that came alongside me and walked by my side as I went through that road who allowed her grief to be reopened, her wound to be reopened, and her grief to be exposed as she reflected on the baby that she lost and the the compounded impact that that gave to the life of her baby. And now hopefully, as, as I try to encourage other mamas, and you know, there was another lady who wrote a booklet, and I've shared it before, a letter in your loss. She allowed her sorrow to minister into my heart. And I have been able to pass that booklet on down to so many other mamas who have walked that. But to me, it's been an opportunity to just accept what God put in my life, whether I wanted it or not. But that I've been able to see a glimpse of maybe this is a tiny perspective of the purpose that you had in choosing that for my life. And, And we don't always get those glimpses. But like I said, that prayer that my dad prayed that day has changed the way that I've looked at trials and and it's helped me. I'll never forget another person who had lost a child that when we lost Clay and a couple that lost a child, siblings that lost a brother, and that family told us, you've got to serve others. You've got to invest in others. That will heal you quicker. And and we, we tried to do that, but I've seen that as I put all of these lessons that God has taught me into play, that it helps me heal when I am able to accept and then invest the truth that I've come to learn about God into the lives of others. And and again, a lot of that has happened through this podcast, and I pray that it has encouraged you and has blessed you. As we continue on, let's talk a little bit about worry. Um, the author defines worry as a more long-term difficult or painful circumstance for which there appears no resolution. You know, so there are some things in our life that are devastating for a moment and it changes the course of the future, but we don't have to live in that pain every day. Now, there's other things in life that God chooses for whatever reason is in alignment with his sovereign plan that maybe somebody walks through a trial that that you're going to have to literally fight that battle every day. You know, I'm thinking of, I know some people that have chronic illnesses and for whatever reason, God has not chosen to heal them. God has not taken that out of their life. Um, I have some friends that have kids with disabilities, different things that every single day, it is a ever-present thing that they have to work through. They have to walk that road. And I think, you know, worry can kind of ensue here as your thoughts just tend to spiral. Um, You know, I think about this verse so often that the Lord really used to help my dad and I. You know, Clay was very sudden. The miscarriage was very sudden. This trial with my mom was a much longer process and is even still something that that we have to deal with some of the ramifications of that from. Um, but the Lord gave us the scripture from Psalms that in the multitudes of my thought with, in, I'm sorry, back that up. 
In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. And we just clung to that verse so much so that I had it printed on a canvas and it hangs in my dad's house. Because that verse literally anchored our soul in this time of worry. When there were so many unforeseeable outcomes, so many things beyond our control. And where it was a, I wake up and I'm hit with, this is my reality what's it going to look like today? And as I go to bed exhausted, this is what I've dealt with all day, Lord. What are you doing? What, what's going on? What's going to be on the morrow? You know, in this, in these times of worry, I, I just, I claim that verse. I think about that. In the multitude of my thoughts, I am human. I have these thoughts. God knows I have these thoughts. He put them in his word that says, hey, you're going to have these thoughts, but in the multitude of them, multitude meaning many, 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 in the midst of all of these swirling thoughts, my comforts delight your soul. You don't have to yield to the anxiety and the worry and the frustration. You can find delight in my comforts. Where do God's comforts come from? They come from his word. They come from others who he uses to minister his word to you. They come from from people that have ministered through podcasts, through books, through different things. These are different ways that God has used his comforts to delight my soul in the multitude of my thoughts within me. And you know, there's a verse in Mark 9 verse 24 where the man says, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And I told Simeon, there was a time where I never understood that. I was like, that is so contradictory. How can somebody say that they believe, yet they don't believe? Um... I had to live that to fully understand the battle of belief. You know, Lord, I know that this is true about you, but I also have this unbelief. And it's like, like I said, just that bringing under subjection. It's really this war of something else is trying to usurp your throne in my heart and in my mind. I know you need to be on the throne because you're good, because you're God, because you're king, because you're Lord, because you are peace and joy and comfort. But but I'm human and I have that old nature and anxiety is wanting to get on that throne. Worries wanting to get on that throne. Frustrations wanting to get on that throne. And it's that, that battle of bringing that into subjection. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, help me to keep my heart in line. Help me to keep you high, holy, and lifted up. And everything else is subjected under that. Now, that still means that some of those things are underneath the knowledge of you. As I wrestle with this, as I deal with the old man and the new man, as I live in a fallen world, but all of it is subjected under the knowledge of Christ. And, you know, then we, we branch into talking just briefly here about frustration. You know, and, and I've kind of touched on this throughout the episode a little bit, so I won't invest much here. But this is just really just this this anger um, this state of being upset and bothered and aggravated that something has changed our plan, that something has entered our life that we did not want there. You know, I I read a book one time by Nancy DeMoss, uh, Walgamuth, You Can Trust God to Write Your Story. That was so helpful for me because looking at my life like a story, literally, I, I can kind of categorize it in chapters, and you probably can too, whether it's, you know, pre-marriage, marriage, kids, whatever, or whether you chapter them by seasons or you chapter them by trials or however you can 
outline your story. You know, it, I, was, I was thinking through that and just thinking about chapters that if it was up to me, one, I would never have put them in the book, but two, since they are in the book, I would forcefully rip them out and burn them. You know, but realizing I'm not the one that writes my story and thank the Lord I'm not because though there are times where I feel like I could do a better job, again, ungodliness, no, I can't. Because God has a bigger picture. God sees the full story, not just for my own little story, but for his whole story for the redemption of man. God knows how everything interconnects. He knows that that my friend would lose her baby and that she would be able to use what she knew to be true about God to minister to me, to help anchor my heart and then I would be able to pass that on to another. God knew that my Titus II mentor would walk a path that would teach her that in the middle of those heartbreaking circumstances, do not allow sin and the ravageness of this world to capture your thoughts, the brokenness and the loss. Remember the promises of the future of heaven. To speak into my moment of need, to remind me of scripture and to keep me rooted in Christ, to keep me trusting in him. But but this frustration I think is is something that that we t- we do struggle with. You know, it is it is something that we can allow. But just remembering again bringing back this whole idea of of the, uh, I believe it was Amy Carmichael wrote a poem, In Acceptance Lieth Peace. And, and I love even just that phrase of it, In Acceptance Lieth Peace. Realizing the character of God. If you have not studied out the character of God, I feel like I've said this a million times on my podcast, but maybe it's your first episode. So if it's not your first episode and you've heard this a million times, bear with me. But ladies, study the character of God. That has transformed my life. I can't. I could not even begin to describe you all the ways that that study has impacted me. But come to know God in an intimate way. Know what is true about him. Bring these thoughts under subjection. Bring that frustration into subjection. Don't allow it to grow into bitterness, into a hard heart, into even rejection of God and his word and the people of God who are trying to encourage you. Keep everything rooted under that knowledge of Christ. And as you have that knowledge of Christ, you won't have the ungodliness struggle. Because you'll realize as you come to know who God is, you also get a very clear picture of who you are. And that helps that subjection thing. You know it, God, the only one that deserves to be on that throne is you. And then as we spring into these these painful, difficult circumstances that will arise without notice, you have laid groundwork in your heart that that the Holy Spirit can use to remind you and to help you keep him in the Lord in his rightful place in your life. And just remember, anything in our lives that is not like Jesus is sin. You know, as I said before, sometimes we justify these these emotions, these thoughts, these feelings in feeling like, do you realize what I just walked through? I have a right to feel this way. But we have to remember 
that if, if it's not like Jesus, it is sin. And that's where it comes back to the whole respectable thing. And I feel like this one is more difficult to say that to because I've been in those spots where I felt justified in feeling the way that I feel, where I felt justified in asking God, do you even realize what is going on in my life? He does. He does. And in his perfect plan, he chose that for me for a very specific reason not to hurt me, but to make me more like him. So what is the application here? And and I feel like I've given sprinkles of application all throughout the episode. Well, let's hone it in here at the end. How can we apply this? Memorize scripture. Invest scripture in your heart, especially scripture about the character of God, the promises of God. Root that in your heart way before you need to draw from that as a life source. Every day, pour that in. Pray. Ask God for that discernment. Ask him for the wisdom. Ask him to help you recognize when these things start springing up in your heart. Pull them up by the roots and throw them out. Don't leave anything behind. Depend on the power that the Holy Spirit has, has given to us as believers. Lean on him. Ask him to help you in this battle of subjecting, of, of the war between the old man and the new man. Ask God, is there something that you are trying to teach me in this? Is there some way that I can make this bigger than me? Is there some way that I can minister through what you're doing in my life? And he will show you and you will receive blessing from that. You will receive joy as you see God use these these circumstances in your life in a bigger purpose. And take your thoughts captive. Again, that comes back into the whole bringing under subjection what we know true to be about Christ. Don't wait. Don't give yourself time to stew. When, when God gives you the discernment, when the Holy Spirit gives you that discernment, and you say, oh, wow, this is creeping up in my heart, immediately take it captive. And just submit to God's plan. Submit to God's plan. And, and some days that's easy, and some days that is really, really hard. But submit and walk in faithful obedience. God, I don't know what you're doing, but I know that you do. And I'm just going to accept and I'm going to walk. And this is what you've given me to do today. And I'm going to obey and I'm going to trust that tomorrow you're going to give me the strength for my day. As my days, so my strength. You've promised that, Lord. I'm claiming that and I'm trusting in that. And then application as a mama, as a teacher, as someone who is influencing younger ones. What what can we do as we teach them about this? And really, take them through the application that I just gave to you and, and model this. You have to model this in your life. If you are not modeling this, your kids aren't going to get it. Your Sunday school class isn't going to get it. Your 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 school students are not going to get this. You, this is something that is real, that hits the inner man. You can't really fake these things when circumstances, when storms rattle you. You, you can't fake this. So this is something that this has to be modeled in your life. And as your children watch you weather the storms, as they watch, as I watched my dad weather that storm, my faith was strengthened. 
my faith became real because his faith was real. No longer was it dad's taught me this all of my life. He said that you have to trust God no matter what. All of the sudden, I'm in a play, and, and I know I was an adult at this point, but, but I had younger siblings who weren't, and they watched the same thing, and they learned the same lesson of, it's real. It is real. We are at a moment where we have to choose to trust God or give way to anxiety and worry or frustration, and we're going to watch our parent, and we're going to see them choosing to be faithful, and in turn, that, that strengthens us, and I hope that as trials continue to come into my life, that I can continue to mirror that to my children and that they will mirror it to their children. So in final application, take all these things, take all of this, and just just that faithful obedience, walk on. Walk on whether your day has more storm clouds than you can see past or whether there is not a cloud in the sky. Walk in faithful obedience. Trust that God knows what he is doing. Find peace in accepting his perfect sovereign will. Let's pray. God, I pray that you will be with each lady listening. I have no idea what is on their heart. I don't know what they're walking through. Maybe they're having a good day. Maybe they're not having a good day. Lord, but wherever they are, meet them in their need. You've done that for me time and again. Do it for them, Lord. Help each one of us to walk in obedience, to bring our thoughts into subjection, to trust you, to know that you are sovereign and that your way is perfect. Lord, minister your healing balm to hearts as maybe someone is dealing with something that is unimaginable, that they never could have fathomed walking through. Lord, meet them. Meet them where they are. Tenderly wrap them up in your comfort. Delight their soul as they remember what they know to be true about you, Lord. Help us to be more conformed to the image of Christ as we seek to mirror your likeness in this area of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.